We welcome you to this worship service today from 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. We are really glad you're joining us. If you don't have a candle or a Bible, if you'd like to follow along the text this morning, we invite you to stop this recording now, go and get those, and then return. Our preacher this Ascension Sunday is the Reverend Dr. Leslie Veen, and her texts are the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 to 53, and her sermon title is, How Does It End? Leslie is a parish associate here at 7th Avenue, and you can find more about her by reading her bio in our announcements simply by clicking that link in this email. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, when the Spirit fell upon those early believers in Jerusalem. If we were gathering in our sanctuary, we'd invite you to wear red that day. So I'm asking you to do just that next week. Speaking of next week, we will have a Zoom social hour at 11 a.m., and it'd be really great if you could be with us. It's hard to believe that we've been having virtual services these past 11 weeks, my final weeks as your pastor. As I wrote in my final pastoral reflection in our newsletter, which I hope you've had a chance to read, and if not, you can do so on our website, it is an understatement to say that I'm disappointed, actually I'm very sad, that these final months that we've had together, we haven't been able to be literally together to celebrate the Eucharist and to remember. Our plan is that we'll have an opportunity to do this on Sunday, July 26th, when I'll return for a final liturgy and then we'll have a celebration over Portrero Hill that afternoon. So please put this date on your calendar now. Next Sunday, during that Zoom social hour, we will have a brief congregational meeting. The purpose is to formally end our pastoral relationship together. Thirty years ago, when I came to 7th Avenue, you voted and called me to be your pastor, and within our Presbyterian Church denomination, the congregation needs to vote again to end this covenantal pastoral relationship so that you as a congregation to move forward and to do what you do best, being the presence of Christ here in the inner sunset and in the world. I apologize for these long announcements today, so now I invite you simply to put down whatever you might be holding, to settle in to whatever it is you're sitting on, to light a candle as we prepare to worship this mystery we call God. Let us worship God, 
who blesses us with visions, who speaks to us in dreams. We give thanks to Christ, who says, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Let us open our hearts to God's presence among us. We open not only our hearts, but our minds and souls as well. Come and fill our hearts, O God. For, For in, in you, you we find, we our, find life. our life. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. and wholeness. Let us pray. All honor, praise, and glory are yours, O God. We thank you for your grace and love shown to us in Jesus the Christ. Through the resurrection, we are freed to new life. Enable us to believe we can live this new life. Forgive us when we do not. Make us a resurrection people, forgiven 
empowered, redeemed. Forgive your church when we live a life less than the gospel of the good news. In the power of the risen one, we pray. Amen. Hear these words of forgiveness. We are raised with Christ in whom we live. We are made new in Christ. Who restores us to ourselves. We are forgiven by Christ and freed to live into wholeness. So be it. Amen. Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, the first chapter beginning with verse 1. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, who meets us in unexpected ways, send your presence upon both the reading and the hearing these ancient words, that we might hear your word for us this day. In the name of the risen one we pray, amen. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his sufferings, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the dominion of heaven. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise given by God. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Rabbi, is this the time when you will restore the sovereignty to Israel? Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that God has set by God's own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, People of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning with verse 44. Listen for the word of God. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see I am sending upon you what God promised. So stay here, in the city, until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Here ends the Gospel. Are you the sort of person that likes to skip to the end of the book to see how it ends before you read the whole thing? Or perhaps you like to read reviews and maybe even spoiler alerts before watching a movie. I am not that 
sort of person, but I can understand why people might be. I have felt this way about watching Giants baseball games. So many times I've been sitting there wondering, how is this all going to end? I really wish I knew that now so that I could enjoy it more as it goes along. Not everybody is the kind of person that likes the idea of the suspense is killing me. Many think that by knowing the end, the parts along the way will make so much more sense and that will bring more enjoyment to the process. They'll be able to sit back and just luxuriate in the unfolding of the storyline. The disciples are a skip to the end kind of people. Throughout the gospel accounts, they are constantly asking Jesus if this is the end, if this is the time when Jesus will reestablish God's kingdom and reign on earth. Again and again, they ask Jesus to clarify, what is the meaning of this? And how is this feeding into making God's reign real again? The beginning of Acts reminds us again of the disciples' propensity towards this way of thinking. In verse 6, we see them asking Jesus, Lord, is this the time? Can we blame them for asking that at this point in the story? Jesus had come back from the dead. Jesus had been with them, doing more miracles, healing more people, teaching them more, helping them to learn more what it means to be disciple. Seems pretty hard to top that. But Jesus is definitely not a skip to the end kind of guy. He constantly answers the disciples' questions with vague answers and parables and more questions. He does that again in the beginning of Acts. To the question of, Lord, is this the time? He answers, it is not for you to know the times. Seriously, that is so Jesus. The Gospel of John concludes with what looks like a very definitive ending. Jesus is with the disciples one last time. He summarizes his whole ministry on earth. He gives the disciples orders to stay in Jerusalem. And then, as he's blessing them, he's carried away into the clouds. That seems like a very good place to stop the story. Everything feels like it's tied up with a bow. But then along comes Acts, the second part of the Luke-Acts story. And it picks up where that leaves off and runs with it. Jesus' admonishment to stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power on high is explained a little bit more. In Acts, that power is explained to be the power that they will get when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. This is a power that will compel them to go to the ends of the earth to share the good news. I would say that this is not an ending. Rather, it's a beginning, not just of another book, but of a long series of books. And here we are in our book in the series of the work of the Holy Spirit in the world. I have often wanted to jump to the end of this book to see how it will end. 
so many crazy things going on. I just don't understand how it's all going to come together to some kind of denouement. There have been so many plot twists. I think a few too many, if you ask me. I'd like to talk to the author of this. Jesus blessed the disciples and all who followed in their footsteps to the holy work and witness of the now. That calls us to see how God is at work in the midst of the chaos that surround us. That calls us to share God's love and peace, even as we have been told to stay at home. How do we go about doing that? I have witnessed the goodness of God in the stories that I've been seeing about people finding ways to help others. Celebrating birthdays and graduations by doing uh, drive-by celebrations. The creativity of people coming together online to entertain us, to share their gifts and their talents. The ways that people are stepping up in new ways to meet the needs of the day. And I haven't seen it just in the good things. I've also seen it in the unmasking of the systematic evil that exists in our world. God's love for the creation has been shown in the unmasking of the stark realities of inequality in our country. You're seeing that we are not all in this together in the same way because some of us have resources to help us weather this storm. Others really do not. Some of us can work from home. Others are called essential and need to be out there on the front line, risking their own health to make sure that others of us can continue in our own ways of being. I think that we're also seeing the unmasking of the uh, corrosive effects of individualism that have really taken effect in the U.S. In these people who go out and say, I don't have to stay home. I don't have to wear a mask. It's fine if somebody else will die so that I can go on with my way of living. It's my freedom. I can do that. We are being called to confront this systematic evil and not go back to what used to be called normal. We are being called to move forward into a new way of being carrying the lessons that we have learned along the way. Lessons that say God cares for the least among us. God wants goodness and peace and wholeness for all of God's creation. We can only bear witness to this if we lean on God and draw on the power of the Holy Spirit to more fully embody the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who welcomed the outcast, who cared for the sick, who confronted those who put rules and money ahead of God's beloved people. This is what we are being called to, even today, as we are asked to stay at home. God continues to send blessings on all of creation. How are we bearing witness to that blessing? How are we living into the power of the Holy Spirit that has called us to make 
real for this hurting and broken world, God's goodness and love. Let us look for ways to do that this day and always. show us new ways forward. When it seems there are only endings, by your presence you reveal to us new beginnings. Strengthen our belief, we pray, in the power of life over death, in the reality of truth over falsehood, in the presence of hope over fear. Make us bearers of your hope to all whom we meet this day and in these coming days as we remember the ascension of Christ. We pray for our world, that it might ascend to your heart, O God, as we work for justice, as we care for one another in these days of pandemic, 
as we prepare to tiptoe back to being together, seeking to love mercy, to do kindness, and to walk humbly with you. As we focus now for our prayers for the world, we pray that your presence might touch all the places in the world that are hurting this day. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. As we have prayed for our world, we now focus on those closer to us in our lives and in our parish community of 7th Avenue. We remember this day, Menta and his family as they grieve the loss of their mother. Comfort them, bring your presence to surround them and love them. We pray for Michael Tenbrink's friend, Christina, and her husband and their four children. And we seek, by your spirit, healing in her body, soul, and spirit. For all those in our prayer circle and prayer concerns, we pray that you would touch each one as she or he needs. And now in silence, we voice those prayers and longings that are close to our hearts. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. We release now all these prayers spoken and those said silently in our hearts with open hands to your loving embrace as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
my friends, our charge to us this week is that may we listen and be attentive to the holy work and witness of the now. This is what Jesus is inviting in us, to be here now, rather than trying to skip ahead and see what is yet to be. God of love be with those who work or watch or weep this day. And may God tend the sick, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, and shield the joyous. Amen.